So tonight we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. It's one of my favorite <clears throat> favorite passages, one of my first memory verses. Or I guess Romans 12, 1 and 2. I just want to encourage you tonight. You know, every now and then, even while I'm going through the same motions that I that that help me walk close to God, sometimes I just find myself having gone through those motions in my own strength, in my own power, and had not been resting in God like I should have been the whole time. It's 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 peculiar to me how how we can we can do the same thing we always do but begin to do it in our own strength and we start checking boxes off instead of spending time with Jesus. It's, it's peculiar to me. And a lot of times when that happens, Brother Wade texts me and says, hey, you want to you do the Bible study Wednesday night? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, I repent. I'm coming back. I need you, Lord. I need you. Uh, and, we just, it's, and I was talking to my buddy Slim today. He said, aren't you glad, though, the way that God reminds us now that we need Him is like an opportunity to share the Bible instead of a negative consequence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there was a time when you, get, you see the blue lights and you're like, I need you, Lord, I need you. <laughs> but, but now it's like, hey, I get to study the Bible. God, it's got to be you. I can't do this. It's got to be you. So tonight we're talking about what I need to hear. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And um, I'm going to read it and we're going to talk about it. Romans chapter 12, Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There's a lot of different um, words that can be used depending on which translation you have. I, I memorize that in the NIV. This is ESV, and y'all probably have a lot of the, the HCSB. Um, but I think you get the general flow. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, the uh, NIV starts out, out with therefore. And when you see the therefore, it reminds you to ask, what's the therefore, therefore? And generally, it's pointing back to a point that was just made. And it could be the immediate point in the end of chapter 11. And I think that's definitely included. But I also think that Romans 12 is a shift. And Paul is referring back from basically the first 11 chapters where he has been unfolding the gospel and, and the, the implications of the gospel. And I think this, therefore, is transitioning to a new section in the book of Romans that's going to actually get us to, how do we live this thing out? And you'll see this in a lot of the epistles. Most of them just aren't as long as the book of Romans. Romans is pretty long. It's a really rich book. It can be intimidating, but I'll, I'll tell you this. For the things in there that are maybe something that we could argue about or, or have different uh, interpretations on, 
There is so much more that is so clear and so rich and so worthy to study and, and, and appreciate and enjoy. So I'd encourage you, if, you, if you're not right now in a cur- current book and you're just like, I need a book of the Bible, read the book of Romans. It's rich. It's good. So how does it start out? One of, the, one of my favorite verses in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, for the Jew and the Greek. Now, this book unfolds. There are two main types of people. There's Jewish people and there's non-Jewish people. There's Gentiles in the book of Romans. And you see how both have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Religion can't get us to God. doesn't matter how religious you are. You could be the Apostle Paul, and without Christ, you have no righteousness. We are all sinners. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We cannot get to God. We can't be good enough. And then for those of us who point our fingers at all those people that are clearly sinners... You point one, you got three pointing back at you, right? He points out how the law never was intended to save us. It was intended to show us our need for a Savior. And the righteous shall live by faith. Not by deeds, by faith. So those of us who have put our faith in Christ and who have been redeemed and who have been made right, justified, those of us who have received eternal life, the God's free gift, we don't, we don't come to God by doing good things or being good enough or definitely not by being better than somebody else. It's got to be by faith. And once we come to Him by faith, then He continues to sanctify us by faith. And even when we obey Him, it is by faith. We don't obey Him in our own power. We do it through, He does it through us as we walk with Him. So, the book of Romans, all of sin, Jews and Gentiles, the religious and the unreligious, the the barbarians, all of us have sinned and fall short of the the, the glory of God. And then, you know, Romans 6.23, right? The wages of sin is death. We all deserve God's judgment because of our sin. That's what we earn. Wages are something that that is due you after you have performed a duty, right? You work all week, you get your paycheck, that is your wages. (laughs) Well, you're a sinner and your wages is death. Separation from God. And that's the, the second death, the eternal lake of fire that burns forever and ever. And you're like, Trey, I thought this was supposed to be about good news, <laughs> right? Well, you got, I heard, I think, pretty sure it's Ray Comfort, said the good news isn't good news until you understand the bad news, right? And, and so many of us think, well, I, I want to serve God or go to church and do things good so that I'll have good that comes back to me. And that's not what it's about. This is saying, man, I need God's grace because I'm a sinner and I deserve His judgment. I remember, y'all, when this, this, this became real to me, I had grown up in church. I can't remember a time in my life that I didn't believe in Jesus. But I totally lived for Trey and not for God. And my prayers before were, God, if you'll get me out of this, then I'll do this, this, and this. And I never followed through. But I kept saying that measly old prayer because I didn't want the consequences to my sinful actions. But I called myself a Christian the whole time. And then finally, 
when I was 22, an old friend came to Christ, started praying for his old buddies by name, and I was one of them. I had no idea, but God began to draw me to himself. I didn't, I didn't know how to put words to it. I just knew that I was not satisfied, and I couldn't figure out why. And I remember thinking, well, maybe I should go to church. But man, if I go to church, I'm going to really need to clean my life up because I'm going to feel horrible if I go to church like this. Then I figured out, I can't clean my life up. And that's when my buddy Dusty came to share the gospel with me. And I told him how I was trying to get clean enough. And he said, Trey, you'll never get clean enough to come to a holy God. Now, guys, he'd only been a Christian for about a month or two. But he was straight preaching the gospel. And he said, Trey, matter of fact, you don't have to get clean enough. You just have to trust Christ. And he'll clean you up. And if he said, God proves his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Not once we got clean, but right where we are. I mean it, y'all. He's a baby Christian. Quoting Scripture, don't even remember knowing it. God was all over me, though. And everything He said penetrated my heart. And that night, that night, He said what we teach VBS. A stands for admit. A, B, C is a salvation. Admit that you're a sinner. I knew I was. B, believe in Christ. That He came to this earth. He lived the perfect life we never could. And He died on the cross to pay the death that we deserve to die for. And I was like, bro, I've always believed that. And then He says, see. Now we say, confess Him as Lord. What He said was commit your life to Him, which is actually the same thing. Right? To confess Jesus as Lord is to commit your life to Him as Lord. To surrender. That's what I heard. It was like a big old red neon light. Surrender, surrender. I knew that I had never surrendered. My life was always about me. Well, I, I, God made us emotional beings, right? And it's not, it's not all about emotions, but, but it's part of it. It's not all about feelings. But that night, when, when we finished talking, I understood very clearly that I'm a sinner. And there's a God in heaven that knows everything about me. And I deserve His righteous judgment. I deserve death. That's, that's the bad news. But you know what it did? That sin weighed, weighed so heavy, I found myself on my knees, crying like a baby. A prideful 22-year-old young man that was crushed and broken and sobbing to God, knowing that I deserved His wrath, knowing that I could not get clean enough, but believing with every fiber in me that He would forgive me if I would surrender and trust Christ. And that night, this was basically my prayer, God, I can't do it. And my whole life I've known right from wrong, and I've always chosen me instead of you. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And I, I, can't, I, I remember saying, I can't do it. I've already tried, but if you'll help me, I'll give you my life. I was saying, God, I don't even have the ability to give you my life, but if you'll help me, I'll give it to you. I surrender. And this is when the weight of sin really stood out. I got up and I felt light enough to float. You ever felt that way? I got up off the ground 
And I felt light enough that I could float away. Because the weight of that burden, that, that, that guilt was taken away. Do you ever feel that burden of sin? Have you ever felt it? That, that weightiness of it? Helplessness. Bondage. It gets its hooks in you. There's only one person that can do anything about it. And that's, listen, guys, don't think for one minute that I'm just preaching to people that don't know Jesus. The gospel is every much, every much for the saint as it is for the sinner. We need the gospel every day because you know what I bring to the table now? Zilch. Nada. I can, I can put on a, a nice handsome smile for y'all and I can shake hands and I can greet people and I can look like I got it all together. And you know what I got? Nothing. Remember what John 15 says? If we abide in Him, we'll bear much fruit. But apart from Him, we can do what? Nothing. I bring nothing to the table. It's all Jesus. Which makes me really want to give it to Him <laughs> and receive everything in return. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. What we earn is punishment. The gift that we can't pay for that He offers is eternal life. So, how do we receive it? Think back to Romans 5.8. What are the wages of sin? Death. What did Jesus do on the cross? He died. He had no sin. Think about, I always get first and second. Is it 2 Corinthians 5.21? Okay. Sometimes I get first and second mixed up on those books. They, they throw me off. God, He made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, Jesus took our sin. And then when we trust Him, He gave us His righteousness. That's our only hope. That's the free gift of eternal life. It's free. We can't earn it. We can't afford it. It's free though. So how do we receive it? Because it's a gift, right? It's a gift. I, I can have a gift sitting on that table all day long, but it does me no good sitting on that table. So how do we receive that gift? Romans 10, 9. And again, guys, the book of Romans is just, th these are just highlights. It's rich with this stuff, y'all. If we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead will be saved. What does that mean? Well, to confess Him as Lord is a verbal contract. You're the boss and I'm not. I surrender. You're Lord. I surrender. That's the confession. He died on the cross. They put Him in the ground. But on the third day, He rose. He's victorious. That's what we celebrate every, every Sunday. Especially on Easter, Right? Jesus is not in the grave. He's alive today. And Romans 10, 13 says, all who called on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Fast forward to Romans 12, verse 1. I urge you. It's not just that I command you. It's that I, I beseech you. I, I, I beg of you. In view of God's mercy. You know what grace is, right? 
Grace is a free gift, unearned, unmerited favor. It's when we receive what we don't deserve. God's free gift of eternal life. Mercy is the other side of that coin. It's when we don't get what we do deserve. Because we deserve death and eternal hell and punishment. That lake of fire that burns forever. Where where the worm is never satisfied and the flame is never quenched. That's what we deserve. But because of God's mercy, Jesus took His wrath on Himself so that we could be not just forgiven, but justified and made righteous and be reconciled to God. That's His mercy. So it's, it's His mercy and His grace that, that are what Paul is building this case against. This is why we should do what he's asking us to do. I appeal to you, brothers, or I urge you, or I beseech you, or I beg of you, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual act of worship. Or some translations say, uh, what does it say? Where am I at? I lost my spot, y'all. <laughs> Rational service, thank you. So look, here's my notes for tonight. That's all I got, y'all, so bear with me. Um, to be set apart, Holy, to be holy, is to be sanctified, to be set apart for, for God's use. And when we become a child of God, we are going to be trophies of His grace, His workmanship. But in this process, you, you, you guys probably heard of a, a preacher named Adrian Rogers. You ever hear of Brother Adrian Rogers? I was one semester away from having him as my preaching professor and it never happened and it broke my heart. I won't say it as, as, as smoothly as he would, but you've probably heard it and you'll get the gist. When at the moment that we trust Christ, God saves us from the penalty of sin. And as we run this race, he is saving us from the power of sin. That's sanctification. That's being set apart. That's being made holy. And one day, He's going to save us from the very presence of sin. <laughs> and that makes me pray, come Lord Jesus, come. That's called glorification. Now, man, if you, can't, if you can't long for that, I think there needs to be a little bit of more something soul searching going on because it's easy. And I don't say that judgmentally. I'm saying that like, like literally. Like I, I get so stuck in this temporal rut that I forget to long for heaven sometimes. <laughs> Can you imagine what it'll be like to be in the presence of God where there is no sin? There is no temptation. There's no sin nature. There's no flesh to battle with. Doesn't it make you just want to cry? Can't, can you imagine what that's going to be like? You're talking about holy. 
You're talking about acceptable. Mm. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God or in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy, set apart, living for Christ, not for the world, and acceptable to God, justified by Jesus, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, how? What does this look like? Do not be conformed to this world. NIV will say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. You know, this world has a pattern. And the pattern of this world is absolutely not the pattern of God. I was sharing the gospel with somebody very close to me, and he said one time, you don't understand. The things that God loves, I hate. And the things that God hates, I love. That's the pattern of this world. And that's why we need to be praying for people that we love. Because we don't want them to go to that eternal lake of fire. Do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed. Or be ye transformed. By the renewal of your mind. What does that mean? So much of it starts right up here. And I, I still think, you know, I talked to you about how I, I started off thinking about tonight, thinking how I, I find myself sometimes going through the same motions and checking the same boxes, but not really resting in Christ like I should. But, but praise God, even when we're doing that, His Word's still washing our minds. He, he washes our minds. He renews the way we see things. My buddy does see that night when he told me, Trey, you'll never get clean enough to come to a holy God, but if you'll trust Him. He's going to change your desires from the inside out. And He did that. And I remember the things that I tried so hard to stop in my own power, and I, and I just could not stop. Started to not even be appealing anymore. And even when I slip up and go do one of those boneheaded things that I knew I shouldn't do, it didn't satisfy me anymore. It made me feel... I didn't know how to put, I didn't know the word conviction, but it made me feel guilty. And it made me not want to run to God. It made me want to run from God. And then that's when my buddy Dusty, and then there's another young man named Danny Allen. He's the pastor at New Prospect Church, Baptist Church now. Back then, he was just a 20-something-year-old college student that taught me this. Trey, when you feel like that, it's called conviction. Don't run from God. Run to Him. Run to Him. And then he told me, you need to memorize first our sin. He's faithful and just to cleanse us and restore us from all unrighteousness. And so they taught me that while we turn away from sin and, and pursue the Lord in the Word and allow His Word to change the way we see the world around us, to give us a biblical worldview, and we begin to see God for who He is, we begin to see ourselves for who we are. We begin to understand the, the power of the gospel and the goodness that, that God isn't ever trying to hold anything back from us. He's trying to offer us what's best. You know, before I was saved, I thought, man, to be a Christian seems so boring. 
You know, go to church, either people are really boring or they're hypocrites. They can't have any good fun. That's the way I saw things. It's like they're, God's holding back the good stuff from the people that are trying to do good. But then I, when God began to renew my mind, and by renewing my mind, renewing my affections, my heart, I began to see that on a completely turned upside down. I used to think that I was free to do what I wanted to do. And when God set me free, I realized, man, I was a slave. <laughs> and now I'm really free from the things that used to hold me back. Y'all know when I was, I'm going to get real transparent with you. When I was um, probably 18 or 19, I worked at FedEx out on the ramp. I loved the job. And um, there were some young guys like me out there that, that, were doing, that were working with the Air Guard. And it seemed so exciting. They'd come back from drill telling me about what they did. And I, I really kind of wanted to do it. You know, the only, the only reason that I didn't do it, because I didn't want to quit smoking marijuana. That's the only reason that I didn't join the Air Guard. Now I could have been retired. <laughs> <laughs> those things weren't setting me free they were holding me down God renewed my mind to see those things for what they were you know what I'm talking about he, he changes the way you see your temper He changes the way you see your selfishness He changes the way you look at the opposite sex He changes the way that you drive or at least how you respond to other drivers. <laughs> I still like to speed, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I can't. it's been a long, long time since I flipped somebody off. <laughs> yeah, he's renewing our minds. Let him renew your mind. Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, what he has done, so abundant, amazing grace. Present yourselves as living sacrifices. Not the dead sacrificial system, but alive. The new covenant. And don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. That, that dog eat dog. Got to step on people to climb the ladder. Got to look out for number one. Got to find a bunch of fame and, and, and wealth to be happy. Got to spend everything on me, 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 me. But be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I'm here to tell you, it's not always easy. That old Trey likes to creep in there. He's still selfish. Deep, deep down in there, he's still self-centered, and he still has a temper. And I tell you, that's usually my first indicator that I need to get close to Christ, that I'm not close to Christ is when I lose my temper. And I, and I might not even yield, but I'm harsh. That's not Jesus. That's Trey. Let Him renew our minds. And when you blow it, here's what you do. God, I blew it. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please restore me. Please help me not to do it again. Wash my mind. Wash my heart. And here's, here's I think this is a trick to Christianity. Y'all ready? You want, you want the trick? The more I got in the Word, the more I learned about who God was. And the more I learned about who God was, the more I loved Him. And the more I wanted to live for Him and not myself. The less I'm in the Word now, even after, see, even, even after doing that, maybe, I think, I really do think because of those faithful guys that poured into my life, what time is it? 
It's almost time. I really think because of those faithful brothers that taught me very early on, memorize scripture, confess your sin, read the Bible every day, not just to know it, but to do what it says. When you, when you read it, do what it says. Confess sin, believe God's promises, and live for Him. Share the gospel with people. I mean, I was a brand new Christian trying my best to share the gospel with people. They taught me so early on to just walk with Christ. And man, it, I don't think I've ever doubted my salvation because of that, because of them teaching me to pursue Him and not, listen, not to rest in the results, but to rest in, in Jesus. And when I blow it, to turn back to Him. Don't run from Him, run to Him. And because of those things, I was so hungry to know Him. I remember, and, and, I, and I miss this season. I really do miss this season. You may have had a similar experience. I never read. I never read. Never read. But when the Lord saved me, I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I'd wake up early to read it before I went to work. I didn't want to sit around. I had an hour to eat lunch. I didn't want to sit around the lunch table and listen to a bunch of crude language and talk and jokes and, and all that. So I'd go sit in my truck, didn't have air conditioning, sit in my truck and read the Bible. Couldn't get enough of it. I couldn't wait to go home. And, and I'm an extrovert. I like to be around people. Couldn't wait to get away from everybody so I could go home and read the Bible and learn about God. Everything I read was brand new and exciting. And I was just so... And I, I, I probably misinterpreted a bunch of stuff. But there was still so much stuff that was so clear and so plain that God was using it to, 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 trans, to renew my mind, to transform me. And it didn't take long. About two years later, I finally became the kind of man that would have been able to get married to a lady like my wife. So it took two years for him to... For him to and, and well. <laughs> It took her to do it. He, he used her to do a whole lot of it <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> but, but about two years later, the way I saw everything was so different. And I, I, I noticed my wife, and the things that I noticed about her were, was godliness. I'd even, got, by God's grace, had conditioned my, my, my eyes. You know, the men might have heard the phrase bounce in your eyes. If you, you notice somebody that's attractive, you don't look too long. You just look the other way. You don't want to... You know, before then, that's not how I acted at all. But because of the way God was transforming me, I didn't even, the, her physical beauty wasn't what I noticed first. It was her godliness. It was her, her, her radiance, her love for Christ. It was her service, how she would go visit widows and take them flowers. It was how she worked in her daycare and loved kids and would be a good mom one day. Those were the things that stood out to me because how, that's a testimony of how much he renewed my mind. And he's constantly doing it. And I'm constantly the goodness of the gospel, His mercy and His grace. And I urge you, in view of His mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Be holy. Be set apart. Don't be like the world. Be set apart. Be acceptable to Him because He's so worthy of our lives. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I know how hard it can be in the workplace around a bunch of ungodliness. You never know how God's using your holiness, your sanctification to convict other people. The people that give you the hardest time are probably the ones that are under the most conviction. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. As, as, as tempted as you are just to go along to get along, I'm not saying be a jerk. I'm saying don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Wash your mind with the Word of God and surrender your life to Christ every day.